Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, yo! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all of the places, or else to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making it sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dork. She's Miss 305. She's Ashley Pickle. Is that going to stick? It is going to stick. All so right. I'm going to make it stick. Dolly. Welcome in, friends. It. Stuff like that. Today is Thursday, October 13th, 2022, 42 days till Thanksgiving. Do you know how many weeks that is? Six. Sep- so, yeah, math. The math, don't be math in this morning. Six weeks. <laughs> you have six weeks until Thanksgiving. Six weeks Ooh. till right now. Six weeks from right now, Literally, uh, yeah, there Thursday. will be a football game on. Mm-hmm. The turkey, should you should be in process. Gobbles. You should be in process oh, of yeah. making your, like, you're late. If six weeks from right now, you're, you're not Thanksgiving working. dinner person, not lunch person. It's early dinner. Early it's like di- three, three o'clock. Okay, that's ten. I would yeah. say we tend to go more two because usually somebody in our family was trying to get to yeah. some sort of football game, like college football yeah. game, like when Texas A&M always played. Um, My whole thing is because the Cowboys always kick off at like three, right? Mm-hmm. They always have the afternoon slot. So we like to try and be done eating by that time so then we can like Oh, see, we are normally, you know. I got my, my brother likes the Cowboys and stuff, mm-hmm. but we usually my kind of schedule is that I like to nap during halftime. Mm. Basically, I want to fall asleep at halftime. Mm-hmm. I want to wake up and it be like the fourth quarter. Okay, that seems right. It's kind of like my that's my timing. I you like know what it. I mean? So anyway, uh, happy birthday to Sasha Baron Cohen, as well as happy 60th birthday to Jerry Rice. Episode 1,477 on today's show, my friends, big show. Got the top 10 Texas high school football games of the week to get you prepared, get your mind right around what's going to happen starting tonight, including some big games on Texan Live, including a big game on Texan Live tonight. We'll get into that. Then we're going to be joined by the head coach of the Hitchcock Bulldogs, the 7-0 Hitchcock Bulldogs. I think, like, every year we should be able to pick three favorite teams. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be on your list. Oh, yeah. They are. Hitchcock's they're my, one of your three favorite. They're my little Cinderella list. Three, your, 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 one of your darling teams. Mm-hmm. Hitchcock Bulldogs. We'll be joined by Coach Craig Smith coming up here. Then back half of the show, we got the picks. My high school football predictions for week 
8 of the Texas High School football season. We'll round it all out with Craven Betts, your weekly financial advice segment from our college football insider, Mike Craven. The lawyers want me to tell you it's not actually financial advice. Do we have first fourth of the door? We sure do. It was Nick Morton, Rob Hadaway, Robert Legau, and just Chad. Welcome in, fellas. Howdy, friends. Welcome in. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Um, and, yeah, so we will get into... Let's party. Let's party. All right, Pickle. Week eight of the Texas high school football season starts in like five hours. Mm-hmm. We got games everywhere you look, and and it's big games, right? You know, you're talking about week eight. This is the final third of the regular season. Yeah, that's wild. Like there are some teams that after tonight they will only have two games left of the year. Mm-hmm. There are some teams. That's kind of crazy. That is wild. But lot to get to. Probably none of the teams on this list. <laughs> Six hundred and seventy-two, I think, seventy-four, around there. Texas high school football games across the state. We chose ten. These are, our opinion, the 10 biggest games of the Texas high school football. Week 8. Let's go to the graphic. And we'll start in the middle. 7 o'clock tomorrow night in Austin. It's a huge week in Austin. Mm -hmm. It's a massive week in Austin. 7 o'clock Friday night. It is the unbeaten state-ranked Round Rock Dragons taking on the number 17-ranked Austin Vandergrift Vipers in a critical showdown here uh, in the Austin area. So Vandegrift has that one loss to start the year. We'll talk about that team in a moment. Uh, they have that one loss to start the year, but since then, they've really gotten the wheels back on, especially offensively. Braden Buchanan, their quarterback, has been great, and per usual, their defense has been great. You go back a couple of weeks ago when they beat Maynard, and that was an unbeaten Maynard team, I believe, at the time, and they shut them down. Absolutely. Defensively, they have been fantastic. Since giving up 23 points to Dripping Springs in the opener, they've given up 19 in their next five games. Defense has been great, but this is going to be a big test for them going up against this Round Rock squad that is really feeling it. This is a team that can beat you in a variety of different ways. Their defense has also been spectacular, and they are able to run the ball. Uh, they've got a, a dual-threat quarterback in Mason Cochran, who's been very good. I think that their running back, uh, Ruben Ribeiro, uh, I, I'm of the belief that the more they feed him, the more good things happen. And, and really their defense has been leading the way. This is a huge matchup there in District 25-6A. I think it's for the district title. And so the winner of this game is going to be in the driver's seat for the district title, which may have some major implications because depending on how another game goes this week, Cedar Park, Vista Ridge, and Round Rock, Stony Point, these could both be D1 teams. So the winner of this game would at least avoid Westlake in the first round of the playoffs. So a lot on the line here, Vandergrift and Round Rock tonight or tomorrow night in Austin. 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Dripping Springs. It is another top 20 matchup in 6A as the number two ranked Austin Westlake Chaparrales take on the number 16 ranked unbeaten Dripping Springs Tigers. We thought Dripping Springs would be good uh, moving up from 5A, but maybe not mm-hmm. this good. And they, they, but, but, okay. So Dripping Springs is an interesting case. They have the signature win. Okay, yes. they have the signature win where they go, they go to Vandergrift and win 23-20 in the opener. Fantastic. I could make an argument that they've been coasting on that since mm-hmm. then because they haven't really played anyone since then. That win over Bowie's good, but I also think they're just better than Bowie. I think Bowie's the fourth best team in that district. Um, you know, depending on what you think of, of Buda Johnson, your mileage may vary there. Have they beaten? Has Bowie beaten Johnson? No, they played them this week. It's another big game. But Dripping Springs has has you know they don't have to apologize for who they've played because they've been dominant. They've been fantastic. And Pickle, my question to you. When is the last time that Westlake did not have the best quarterback in the game? 
Yeah, that's been a uh, a hot minute. Like, I mean, Battle of the Lakes, you can, you know, every maybe. every year it's kind of like, okay, maybe a little bit of a toss-up, but maybe, not yeah, in maybe, recent years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those, that's a, just two quarterback factories going out in between that uh, game. Yeah, but at that point, it's at least very close. Yes, exactly. Tripping, it's willing to be debated. This tri- is not willing to be debated. And I like what Westlake's done at the quarterback spot, but mm-hmm. there's but Novosad has been a stud. He's oh, been yeah. fantastic, but furthermore, their defense has been great. They gave up 20 in the opener to Vandergrift, and in their last five games, they've also given up. 20 combined. Their defense has been on point. Going up against Westlake, riding the state's longest winning streak at 46 games in a row. Um, they have been outstanding. They are, again, this is a much less star-studded Westlake team. I like what they've got. Jaden Greathouse is obviously great. Jack Kaiser, their running back, is great. But, like, they are, to me, a team that wins in the in the the, the places you overlook. Mm-hmm. Defensive line, Colton Vosak. Offensive line, TJ Shanahan. That's where they win. They win in the nitty-gritty. Well, and this is fun because we were we were with quite a few of our media brethren last night, and like just I think the consensus around this game is there hasn't been a game that Westlake has played in other than the Battle of the Lynx that has been like really hyped yep. up in, in a long yep. time. But especially, I mean, this this one, it seems like everyone's more excited for this game than they have been for the Battle of the Lakes the past couple it's a of huge years. Game. It's a huge I mean, game. since Klubnik was there. And for Dripping Springs, they've got an opportunity to really earn their stripes as a 6A program. I think they're underdogs in this game, but maybe smaller underdogs than you think. Huge game in Dripping Springs tomorrow night. 7 o'clock Friday night in Burleson. Live on TexanLive.com! This is huge. Get it's there. number five Alito visiting number six Burleson Centennial and the Alito Bearcats put their 108 district game district winning streak on the line in this one. Centennial is coming off of snapping Denton Ryan's 52 game district winning streak last week and we know exactly what they're about. They're about running game out of that pistol out of that that option offense with Elijah Zay and they are about defense. Mm-hmm. Defense, defense, defense has been fantastic. They have got an opportunity to grab to to grab you know the biggest scalp uh, you know out there. I mean, this is the team that this is the longest district winning streak in Texas high school football history, and they've got an opportunity to go and snap it at home. Alito has rallied since starting zero and two, and I think the offense has really found its groove. House Haney, their quarterback, has has grown up, and I think Hawk Patrick Daniels, their running back, has stepped up in a way. But this is also more of a. Uh, I would also say this is not as star studded. This is an Alito team that wins in all the Alito ways, like offensive line and defensive line. Defense, I thought, has been very good this year. This is a game that's determined by pace, right? Can Centennial can, can Centennial control the pace against Ryan? If they do that in this one, they're going to snap a winning streak. But Alito's uh, also really good against one-dimensional teams. This game's going to be fantastic in Burleson on Texan Live. Be there. 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Columbus. The number two ranked Columbus Cardinals get a matchup with another unbeaten against the Hitchcock Bulldogs. We're going to be joined by Craig Smith, the head coach of Hitchcock, here in a moment. Uh, if you like if you like young quarterbacks, you're going to love this game. Hitchcock's got Lloyd-Jones III. Uh, Columbus has got Adam Schobel. Um, this game is fascinating for a number of reasons. We're going to get in with Craig Smith, uh, Coach Craig Smith here in a moment. But this game is really, really good down there in Columbus. 7.30 p.m. on Friday night. Yeah, I'm pumped about this one. I think, too, when you look at Region 3, this one has has a chance to show who else is in that contention because we talk a lot about Lorena, we talk a lot about Franklin. This is going to separate the who could contend with those two programs. Hundred percent, I think you're spot on. Seven thirty p.m. Friday night in Lancaster. It is another game of of great import in District Seven Five A Division One as the Forney Jackrabbits. 
uh, visit the Lancaster Tigers. Boy, what a one-two punch for Link for for Forney. Mm. Last week they're at Longview. This week they're at Lancaster. According to the computer, Light scheduling. Huh? According to the computer, they go from the number one team in the state in five A Division One to the number two team in the state in five A Division One. Uh, Forney is a team that last week kind of you know they they kind of got beat down. Uh, their the defense kind of fell apart a little bit on them, but but Longview will do that to you. Uh, can that offense get going once again? Going up against Lancaster, who's who's got two losses on the year. One of them uh, was to Denton Geyer, and the other one was to Longview. Those are two pretty darn good squads. Uh, this is a game that I think if Forney, uh, if, if a lot of this is about Lancaster's defense. Lancaster's defense has been really good with the exception of that loss to Geyer. If they are able to play that kind of defense, then I think they've got an opportunity to really take control at least of second place in that district because they already got that loss to Longview. So huge game there, 7.30 p.m. in Lancaster. 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night in Bellmead. As I said on Texas on Step, Tep and Step, the spiritual home of Dave Campbell's Texas football <laughs> is Bellmead. Yes. As the Waco La Vega Pirates welcome in the number two ranked China Spring Cougars in a really interesting district opener uh, for these two teams. So uh, the, when realignment came out, you remember we all kind of marveled at District 5-4A Division One. Because you had China Spring and, and Stephenville, China Spring and Stephenville. Well, don't forget about La Vega. Now they've got a tough record at at uh, at four and three, but those three losses are to a full strength Waco Connolly by one, to Midlothian Heritage on the road, and then to uh, Lorena at Lorena by one score. So this is a team that is battle tested. Uh, they are much better, in my opinion. Their record indicates they have gotten going. Ru- running back Bryson Roland. I think the defense has rounded into form. This team is dangerous going up against China Spring. Now China Spring's got that loss in the year to Dallas Parish Episcopal. That's the number one private school team in the state. I always compare that to like a good 5A team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for, for China Spring, I don't think there's any shame in that. Uh, the offense, we had big questions coming into the year about the offense, especially replacing Major Bowden. They have answered those with Cash McCollum. Offense has been great. I don't know that the defense is as good as it was last year, but that's also kind of an unfair bar. Uh, this is a game that if La Vega can get that running game churning and shorten the game a little bit, I think they got an opportunity to steal one here. The other question is, there's two other things in this. One, La Vega's had China Springs number. La Vega's won three straight against China mm-hmm. Spring. And, like, so stylistically, they just match up pretty well. They give them trouble. And two, this is... So next week, China Spring takes on Stephenville. Is there a look-ahead factor? Is there a look-ahead factor? Keep an eye on that one. Big game there uh, between China Spring and La La Vega. 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Corpus Christi, the number three ranked uh, Corpus Christi Cal Allen Wildcats welcome in Alice. Fascinating game in this one. You've probably heard a lot about Cal Allen this year. New coach Steve Campbell is undefeated with the Wildcats. They have been great. Even after losing running back Epi Hinojosa, they've really stepped up in a big way. One thing I think is interesting about Cal Allen this year, believe it or not, they're throwing the ball a bit. They have a 1,000-yard passer. Bryce Burnett has thrown the ball for 1,000 yards. Steve Campbell said that he was going to make sure that they understood that it wasn't a sin to throw the football. <laughs> they opened it up, the offense, a little bit. They're, look, they're still running the ball with Blaine uh, Blaine Lamb, and then, if they, of course, they asked their quarterback, Burnett, to, to, to throw the ball or run the ball, but, but they're throwing the ball a little bit. Uh, I will tell you a team that definitely knows how to throw the ball, mm. and that's Alice. 
Alice, of course, has Cutter Stewart, uh, uh, the probably the best quarterback you are not talking about in the state right now. He has been outstanding to start the year. 1,400 yards, 17 touchdowns through six games. He has been spectacular. They need a big game from him. Can they find a way through that defense? That has been very good for Cal Allen. A big game in the Coastal Bend tomorrow night in Corpus. 7 o'clock Friday night in Stratford. Go up to the Panhandle where the number six team in the state, the uh, the Stratford Elks, welcome in the Panhandle Panthers in a really interesting district matchup that I think has major implications down the road. Uh, district one, two, a division one. I think that the, uh, I think that the, uh, the, the district title is on the line here. I don't think that's really going out on a limb with all due respect to, to pre also unbeaten district Sanford Fritch, but that was their one loss of the year. These are the two best teams in the district by a pretty considerable margin in my, in my opinion. Uh, this panhandle team does have the one loss on the year, but it was, uh, you know, at Wellington, that's uh, pretty good Wellington team. This is, to me, going to be about whether or not this uh, this uh, this Stratford team can find a way through what's been a very good Wellington or Panhandle defense. This is a Stratford team that, of course, uh, is uh, the defending state champs. Uh, they have been rolling ever since I think very quietly uh, putting things together. Uh, but they've they've found some answers. You know, they've got they've got a junior a sophomore quarterback in Bryce Braden who stepped up and they're running the ball really well. They've got a three headed monster running the ball in Zane Bird, the aforementioned Braden. Uh, and then Mar- Mauricio Duran. This is a fascinating matchup here. Can Stratford kind of get that offense humming in a way that um, get, pushes this panhandle defense, which has been so good all year? Fascinating matchup there in Stratford in these two-way ranks. From 2A to 6A, 7 o'clock Friday night in Duncanville. It is the number three team in 6A, the Duncanville Panthers, welcoming in also unbeaten. Do you know about this? <laughs> you hear about this, Kev? Mansfield is undefeated. Yeah, and they what are. a story Mansfield has been to start the year. Uh, 6 and 0 off to a fantastic start. You know, this is a team that we did not have super high hopes for, uh, and yet they have uh, proven to be a, a real threat and a real uh, a, a program that I think is is really on the rise. A big reason why, in my opinion, is their defense has been pretty darn good. Their defense has been pretty consistent. They gave up 34 to Lake Ridge, but that's basically the only time they've been touched up. Um, I, I think what you what Coach Greg George has really has been doing has been very very uh, strong, especially because they've got a couple of playmakers that they really like. Like James Johnson running the ball. Sergio Kennedy is doing enough throwing the ball as well. And the defense makes it stand up. This is a different animal, though. You're, t- you're dealing with Duncanville. Duncanville has looked every bit the part of, of a true state championship contender. Uh, are they able to, for Mansfield, the question is always going to be, for basically any team uh, that that uh, that plays against Duncanville, is how do you match up up front? That's the whole long and short of it. Also going on the road, this is a litmus test for Mansfield. This is where do they stand in that district. I don't even need them to win this game. No. I mean they've already got a win over Cedar Hill, but they've got the three like to me they're going to be in the they're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, unless they 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 choke it away, in my opinion, against Skyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a real litmus test of where they stand and a huge game uh, depending on where they go next because next week they take on Waxahachie and that could be straight up for third place in that district. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see depending on yeah, no, no. It looks like Waxhatch will go D one. So, uh, what, you know, it depends on uh, a few different things. But uh, a huge game as far as uh, seating is concerned there uh, tomorrow night in Duncanville. I've really enjoyed this. Di- we've always enjoyed this district, but mainly it was because oh, you look at Duncanville, Desoto, Cedar Hill, and you think oh yeah, that's a great district. But I've enjoyed this district this year because it's the 
second tier teams, I guess you could yeah. kindly consider them, that have really been fun to watch. Like it's not, ju- and Cedar Hill obviously dropped way off, but it's not just Duncanville DeSoto, so, Duncanville DeSoto. It's like, oh, there's other good contested that's, games. That's the thing. It's like with with the kind of the demise of Cedar Hill, mm-hmm. it's opened up a spot, and there've been there's kind of been like everyone kind of crammed through the door, right? And, and I think that Mason, because with actual good teams, it wasn't like right. fluke teams. Yeah. Like one person kind of said, oh, well, Cedar Hill's gone. We're gonna step up. It's right. like everyone's been good. Exactly. And finally, 7 o'clock tonight in Alvin, live on TexanLive.com. Let's go. It's the Richmond Foster Falcons, the number 10 team in the state in 5A Division One, traveling to take on district rival Manville in a matchup that always seems to deliver. Uh, these two teams always tend to put on a show, and it's become a bit of a, a bit of a fun rivalry between these two. At least for me, I don't know if it's fun for those guys. It's fun <laughs> for me. Um, you know, uh, now now Foster has won. Uh, you know, the, the, each of these, each of the last two, they won in 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 twenty twenty one and twenty twenty. Uh, and Manville would like a piece. Now Manville lost the opener, and then they lost a close one to Angleton. So this is a critical matchup for them as far as district uh, placement is concerned. If they're able to 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 welcome in Foster and beat them. That would be huge for them, and, and essentially, I would say lock up a playoff spot because right now, there's five teams, maybe six if you count Friendswood, that are vying for four playoff spots. Mm-hmm. So this is huge for Manville. For Foster, it does feel like they've shaken off uh, that loss to Magnolia West. They got right against Fort Penn Kempner, but but really, what is this Foster team like? I think the Manville defense has improved considerably over the course of the year. I think they're playing their best football right now. They're also coming off an open date. Does that make a difference for them? Uh, taking on a foster team that you know in their one loss the offense just kind of got got stymied by a really by a good magnolia west defense fascinating matchup there uh huge implications in district 10 5a division one a manville win would really throw things into chaos in that district yes it would (laughs) so a lot to sort out here so if you like chaos you know who you're rooting for (laughs) this is a this is a a chaos game Mm -hmm. in 10 5a division one tonight on texan live richmond foster and manville there they are very tasty for a thursday there they are the top 10 texas high school football games of the week. Of course, we've got tons of gaming you can watch all week on, on TexasLive.com. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, can we talk about the greatness of Takis? Oh, no, the, the greatness of Honda. Let's talk about the greatness of Honda. We'll talk about the greatness of Takis in a little bit. Please. <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with the North Texas Honda dealers to honor community helpers from across North Texas. Texas is fortunate to have so many great individuals that give back to their community in so many different ways. Thanks to the support of the North Texas Honda dealers, we have an opportunity to shine a light on a few very deserving individuals, such as Randy Cutshaw from Weatherford High School. Uh, congratulations to Randy on being the recipient of the Community Helper Appreciation Award presented by North Texas Honda dealers. Thank you for being helpful in your community. For more information, visit Texas Football. And now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loves doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR Now makes sure to listen to your needs 
in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's welcome in the head coach of the 7-0 Hitchcock Bulldogs. We go down to Galveston County to chat with Coach Craig Smith. Coach Smith, how are you? Doing fine. How are y'all doing today? Excellent. How are things in beautiful Hitchcock, Texas? They're going well. Uh, a lot of people in town are excited about uh, this Friday's game with Columbus and uh, just trying to prepare for it. Well, you mentioned the, the big game against Columbus. Uh, I do want to ask you about that, but but this is a, this is a, per, a team that has really um, played exceptionally well to start the year at 7-0. and um, Did you, you know, this is a, it, it's not like you guys book some you know book some some you know walkovers in non-district play i'm interested now that you're you know seven weeks in and seven wins in uh, did you anticipate being off to this kind of start before the season well uh, i guess there's probably a couple reasons we kind of scheduled the non-district schedule the way we did one was um Man, our district is sometimes just like a murderous road going <laughs> yeah. against Columbus and Hallettsville and Yoakum. And um, even if you go back all the way back to 2011, everybody in our district has been to the state championship game, Hempstead included. Mm-hmm. And uh, Columbus, you know, they've been to the semifinals and quarterfinals. So, I mean, it, it's a tough district. We we have to play some quality non uh district opponents just to get ready and then not to mention uh when you go in the first round of the playoffs and you're playing district 11 most certainly i mean it's it's very difficult to 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 navigate through not only your non-district schedule but also your district schedule this is a program that's seven and oh for the first time since 1996 um is there a have you sensed like within the program and within the room that a kind of a build and, and maybe even within the community like a building excitement about this team that hey we might have a little something special here yeah um there, there, there's a lot of people in the community that's that's excited uh, for the season we're having. But, um, you know, we kind of believe in the 10,000-hour rule here. <laughs> and, you know, the more you do something, the you know, the better you get. And, and we're always talking to our kids about competing. You know, it doesn't matter what sport. It doesn't have to be football. And, you know, good thing about you brought up about the community. A lot of our kids, they, they've played together since they were five years old, mm-hmm. especially a lot of these sophomores and juniors uh, that we have, which most of our team, we're 16 out of 22 starters are underclassmen. Mm-hmm. So the, these kids have played a long time together. Uh, we have a lot of people in the community that's invested in them, um, not, you know, from uh, you know, Little League football, our Red Raider program to, you know, our, our basketball and our track programs. We got a lot of people in the community that really uh, have helped these kids along the way. So uh, 
we're excited, but a lot of these kids, like I said, they, they've had success since they were, were very young and uh, kind of translated this past summer when we were state champions in seven on seven. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to March, you know, we, we made it to the uh, state basketball tournament starting two freshmen and a sophomore, which are, you know, kids that are on our football team right now. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited, and uh, it's kind of more of a, a community effort here. Uh, we're talking with Craig Smith, the head coach of the Hitchcock Bulldogs here on Texas Football Today. Get involved with the conversation at hashtag TF Today. All right, Coach, uh, you mentioned the 7-on-7 seven seven tournament. We kind of talked around here about that. That that was the first, uh, first chance we really got a chance to get some eyes on your guys, um, especially for such a young group. Do you feel like that seven-on-seven state championship there in the Division II bracket, do you feel like that has had like a kind of a, a, a buoying effect that's kind of launched you guys into the season you guys are having? Right, definitely. You know, I, I guess, uh, you know, on some of your other shows, you've always talked about where you know, there's some coaches that, you know, don't put a whole lot of stock into seven-on-seven, seven, and there's some that do, and, and we're in the camp that do. We believe in it. We, we've hosted a state qualifying tournament uh, here for a number of years. Uh, we we really enjoy it. Our kids enjoy it. Our fans enjoy it. They love going up to College Station uh, for the for the state tournament. And yeah, it, we we take it as a big thing. And um, I do feel seven on seven is important. And I think the proof's in the pudding. If you look around at a lot of uh, NFL quarterbacks uh, that are from the state of Texas. Uh, okay, so one of the guys who led them led you to that uh, that seven on seven state championship, and now has you guys off at seven and zero is uh, is one of those sophomores, one of those underclassmen, and Lloyd Jones the third. Um, this kid is. I'll just tell you as 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 just a neutral observer, this kid is fun to watch. Uh, you see, as a dynamo out there, um, you're the guy who sees him in practice and in the classroom and around school. What is it about your quarterback Lloyd Jones that that, that makes him special? Well, you know, he, he, he's a great kid, uh, works extremely hard. Um, you know, he, he don't uh, look for a lot of attention. He's very low-keyed. He's very calm. Uh, probably the most confident player on our team. Uh, keeps quiet and, and just goes and does his job. Uh, this the other side of this that I think has been really impressive for you guys is that you know in in non district play you guys have had a couple of games that were really tight that you guys had to had to um, you know contend late you know I, I look at that game against Salado uh, there where you played a neutral site in Bryan I go back to East Bernard I know that's an zero and sixteen but that is a much better than their record indicates zero and sixteen um, do you feel like um, you know th- that to me, winning game, winning close games strikes me as the kind of thing you see from veteran ball clubs. Um, do you feel like these youngsters are growing up maybe quicker than than people may have thought? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, like every little challenge. You know, a lot of times, uh, especially coaches, they'll understand that. You know, when when you have a change of routine, whether you play on a Thursday night. Uh, which most 3A schools, you know, they're going to play straight Friday games because, you know, there's usually never a a scheduling conflict with stadiums with multi-school districts. But we played on a Thursday night against Lamarck, handled that well. Uh, We played Salado and Bryan. We had to meet them halfway because of just the distance. And we played them on a Saturday afternoon. And to win on a Saturday afternoon, the heat was pretty good. And... uh, they handled it and and you know those those might look like little things to you know the 
casual football fan, but for a coach, you know, overcoming the normal routine, getting outside of the box is huge. And they've handled those things extremely well. Well, there's nothing routine about what's coming down the pike tomorrow. You guys are traveling to Columbus to take on the number two ranked Columbus Cardinals, uh, a matchup of unbeatens there in 3A Division One. Um, and I know that you guys have been coming up with the game plan. Uh, when you take a look at what you guys are going to be up against tomorrow against against Columbus, uh, what are you guys going to need to do to, to get the win? Well, we're, we're going to have to move the ball well. Uh, uh, on defense, we're, we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to stop their running game. Mm-hmm. I know their quarterback's thrown for a lot, but they got a big back. They got a really good offensive line. They like to control the ball. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to stop their run game and force them to throw, and and uh, hopefully we can uh, do pretty well in that. Uh, and, and finally, coach, you know you you've uh, you've been at, at Hitchcock as the head coach for for eleven seasons now. You're on the staff. Uh, before then, uh, you know, I'm I'm interested in how you've seen this program change over the course of of your tenure there. You've been there, you've been down there in Galveston County for a minute, and I'm, I'm interested in, in in how recognizable maybe this program is from the one that you arrived at uh, those years ago. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's changed quite a bit. Uh, you know, the the coach that I coached with for a lot of years, he was my high school coach here, Gary Carney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played for him here at Hitchcock. And so a lot of times, uh, a lot of the coaches that we have here on our staff played played for me here. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, it's more of a, a family atmosphere. Uh, we got a lot of coaches that love and care about our program. And uh, but, yeah, it has grown because the community's invested in our program. I think uh, we have a pretty nice stadium for a 3A and I'd put our field house up against anybody around it's a really beautiful facility we just passed a bond issue getting our baseball field and softball fields turf and it's a growing community uh we're experiencing some growth right now as well as uh, a lot of people in the northern galveston county area and uh it, it has grown a lot uh and like i said it, it goes back to a lot of our former players you know they they run our little league programs and they invest so it, it's a big community investment that that's probably what i'm most proud of that we got a lot of people that stick around and and help us grow help our kids grow and become better people and that's probably what i'm most proud of it's going on tomorrow night matchup of unbeatens in columbus as the hitchcock bulldogs travel to take on the columbus cardinals and their head coach craig smith will be at the helm coach we sure appreciate your time congratulations again on the fantastic start and uh, go get them tomorrow night hey thank you and thank y'all for everything y'all do for texas high school football absolutely thanks coach all right bye-bye there he goes craig smith head coach Hitchcock Bulldogs. I mean, come on. If they weren't my darling team before this. So here's the thing. What about Coach Smith? He's amazing. He's great. It's great. I, I, that was the first time I met him in person there was at 7 on 7. 7 on 7, yeah. And um, that's, uh, they've, he's got, the thing is, like, if you if you want a look at what 3A Division One is going to look like for the next couple of years, because both Columbus and Hitchcock are very young. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be in it. And if I didn't have to, like, you know, so Hitchcock's down in Galveston County. You know, like, it's on on the ocean, right? Yeah, like um, hi. So facilities tour. Mallory and I have a uh, have a date in uh, in Hitchcock yeah. at the Field House yeah. sometime this off season. I was looking on this because you know I'm looking at the map, and like 
I was going to say, man, I wonder how how long it takes to get to Hitchcock. And then you like look and it's like, oh, like the it, the Harbor Walk Community Yacht Club and Marina has an address in Hitchcock. See you soon, Hitchcock. This is, uh, this is, this is, she's going to get a... If, if they w- I mean, I got to go down there to handle Texan Live stuff, so of I might course. as well just... just- if they beat Columbus tomorrow night, you're going to come back. She's going to have, she got the guns out again. She's going to have an H tattoo yeah. over there. No, and then what's inevitably going to happen is if, if they were to meet up with Lano in the state semifinal, I would be so torn in so many ways. It's be tough. I mean, I can't lose technically at that point, but go. (laughs) Yeah, I've got a vetted interest in Hitchcock. (laughs) Craig Smith, head coach of the uh, of the sorry Columbus. Uh, (laughs) Excited for for them. There's a big game, and and I know that that community is really fired up for them. So it should be a fun game between Hitchcock and Columbus. I think we have a reporter going down there. We sure do. Uh, Shelby. I can't remember, but I would assume so. Shelby is primarily our Southeast Texas gal, so I think so. I want to say she's going to be there anyway. Uh, so I'm jealous. That Good power. for her. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle Takis! Yes. Takis is the presenting sponsor. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> of yes. the Sustainable <laughs> New Champions Award. Spotlighting influential kids looking to pursue a career focused on the social, environmental, and economic well-being of our future. This week's spotlight game, let's actually start with last week. We, we we forgot to mention it last week, and that's on me. I apologize. I'm calling my own foul. We love you, Takis. But we're getting last twice week, as much week talkies. seven at Mesquite Horn and Mesquite, uh, we honored Joshua Rainey from Mesquite Horn and Tyler Manoy from Mesquite High. Uh, we spotlight two sustainability champions there. Uh, and then this week, in week eight, we're going to Irving MacArthur and Irving High. We're going to be honoring Anjali Reitmeyer from MacArthur and Margie Ponce from uh, Irving High as our Sustainability Champions Award. Thank you to Takis for your support of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Sustainability Champions Award. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Man, I am upset that I didn't realize that that game was happening this week because I was with Mike. We were with Mike Roach mm-hmm. last night. I would have loved to get his thoughts. He uh, he was an Irving grad. Yeah. So this is a big week for, don't for like Roach. MacArthur. He does not like MacArthur. It's a big week. If they win, Mike Roach is going to be in my he, DMs. He's going to send the tiger. He's going to send the tiger. <laughs> he's going to send the eye. Anyway, Pickle. It's week eight of the Texas high school football season. Massive games across the state. And only one man records a video about it. <laughs> And asks Mallory Hartley to edit it. That's a factual <laughs> you, statement. You tell Mallory to edit it. That's I, not she, true. She really can't say no. You're her boss. This is true, but right. she can't like she can't say no because I ain't editing it. That's a great. <laughs> anyway, here's my high school ball predictions for week eight of the Texas high school ball season here on Texas football today. District titles and playoff spots are on the line in week eight of the Texas high school football season. These are the picks. <laughs> Welcome into the Picks, your guide to the Texas High School Football Weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And this is the home stretch, guys. This is the final third of the regular season in the 2022 Texas High School Football season. And there's still a lot to decide, right? A lot up in the air. There are a few teams we feel pretty confident are going to make the playoffs, right? But for a lot of these teams, there's still a lot on the line as far as figuring out if you're going to the playoffs, where you're going to be seated, exactly who you're going to play, what you're path to AT&T Stadium is going to look like. Not to mention, you've got state-ranked clashes in every corner of the state. This is a loaded Week 8 slate everywhere that you look. We start today in Columbus. 
7.30 p.m. Friday night at Memorial Stadium in Columbus. It is a state-ranked matchup of unbeatens in the 3A ranks as the Hitchcock Bulldogs visit the Columbus Cardinals. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, super sophomore signal callers. Super sophomore signal callers. That's what we got in this game because both of these teams have outstanding youngsters calling the shots for their offense. For Columbus, you're never going to believe it, but they've got a guy named Schobel at quarterback. I know. I'm shocked, too. Uh, uh, of course, the son of head coach Matt Schobel, Adam Schobel, is the sophomore signal caller for this Columbus team, and he has been fantastic. Razor sharp, completing more than 70% of his passes, 10 touchdowns to no interceptions. He does everything this Columbus offense needs him to do. On the other side, for Hitchcock, if you have not heard of Lloyd Jones III, you are in for a treat. This is one of the most dynamic dual-threat playmakers in the state at any level. I'll tell you, we saw him in person at State 7 on 7 in College Station this summer, and all of us at the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew could gather around that field and said, who is that? He is a dynamo, and he will be a lot of fun to watch. But this is a big stage for these two youngsters. Which of these sophomores steps up big? Key number two, Columbus's size. So this is a Cardinals team that I think is going to be pretty clearly the bigger team out there, especially in the trenches. Guys uh, like Hunter Mangum and Dagan Stevens, they've got some beef up front that quite simply Hitchcock doesn't, especially on the offensive line. Now, Hitchcock's defense flies to the football. They have got team speed on that defensive side in bunches, led by their linebacker Austin Case, but they're not going to be the bigger team. This is the classic size versus speed matchup here, especially when Columbus has the ball. So when these two units collide, both of which have been very good this year, what wins out, size or speed? And key number three, fourth quarter experience. So we're in and now week eight of the Texas high school football season. Both these teams are 7-0, haven't had their open date yet, and have been rolling. But they've kind of gotten here in different ways. Hitchcock has had a couple of big challenges in their path, uh, and have had to play close games against both East Bernard and Salado. They've been tested into the fourth quarter, and they've passed those tests resoundingly. Columbus hasn't. Now, part of it is you shouldn't have to apologize for blowing teams out, which is what they've done, but their closest game this year has been a 22-point win last week against Hallettsville. That's it. That's the closest a game has been. They have been mollywhopping everyone in their path. I don't think either one of these teams is going to run away from the other. So if this game is close in the fourth quarter, does Hitchcock's fourth quarter experience give them an edge? Who am I picking? I'm going with Columbus. The Cardinals get the nod here not only because they're at home and not only because of what they've got on the offensive side, but also, something we haven't mentioned yet, their defense is really good, allowing fewer than nine points per game, led by, surprise, surprise, another Schobel, linebacker Tommy Schobel. This defense has been fantastic. Now, Hitchcock's a different kind of team than Columbus has faced this year because this team has got dudes. Playmakers on the outside, not just Lloyd Jones III, but playmakers everywhere you look on the outside and team speed. This is a fun team to watch and they're going to be able to get up and down. I think actually a shootout benefits Hitchcock here. I think they have the more high-powered offense in this game. But I think that Columbus's defense is the difference. I think it's close, but I think the Cardinals move to 8-0. 
It's a huge week in Austin. Let's go 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Tiger Stadium in Dripping Springs. There's another battle of unbeatens as the Dripping Springs Tigers welcome in the Austin-Westlake Chaparrales. Here's an opportunity for Dripping Springs to get that signature win as a 6A program. Already got that big win in non-district over Austin Vandegrift. Well, here comes the number one team in the state riding the state's longest winning streak at 46 games, and Dripping Springs has a real chance to do it. For the first time in what feels like forever, Westlake will not have the best quarterback in this game. I know, it's kind of crazy to think about, but Austin Novosad for Dripping Springs has been absolutely fantastic. And by the way, if you just focus on him, you're really missing what makes this team good because this defense has been fantastic as well, led by Luca Picucci. Now, they're going up against this Westlake team that has looked like a wrecking machine. They haven't been perfect. They've started slow at times, but they have been very strong, and especially up front, they're so good. Colton Vosick on the defensive side and TJ Shanahan on the offensive line. They mash you up front. And then Jack Kaiser, the running back, and Jaden Greathouse, the wide receiver, do the rest. Look, this is a huge challenge for Westlake because this Dripping Springs team is for real, but I'm not picking against a 46-game winning streak. Give me the shaps. Let's go to DFW, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Burleson Stadium. It is a big-time district showdown as the Alito Bearcats visit the Burleson Centennial Spartans. Centennial, fresh off of ending Denton Ryan's 52-game district winning streak, now gets their shot at the king of district winning streaks. Alito has the all-time Texas high school football record for consecutive district wins. They've won 108 in a row. They have not lost a district game since 2008. And seven, and maybe there's something in the water. Last week, we saw both Denton Ryan's long district winning streak and in the 1A ranks, Richland Springs losing their first district game since 2001. So maybe there's something going on here. Now, for Alito, this is a team that I think has figured it out, especially offensively, since their 0-2 start. Uh, House Henry, their quarterback, Haney rather, their quarterback has been very good. Hawk Patrick Daniels has really stepped up in a big way at the running back spot. For this Centennial team, we know what they're going to do. They're going to grind it out on the ground with Elijah Zay out of that option offense, shorten the game, take the air out of the ball, and lean on that outstanding defense that really led them to the victory last week. Here's the thing for me, and the reason I'm picking Alito. This Bearcats program tends to really shine best when they're facing a team that's pretty one-dimensional. Now, Centennial can throw a little bit, but that's not their ball game. They're a team that wants to grind it out on the ground. I think that this Alito defense is going to be up to the challenge. I think they make just enough plays offensively to escape. Give me the Bearcats. And 7 o'clock Friday night at Ratliff Stadium in Odessa. It's one of the classic Texas high school football rivalries renewed as the Midland Legacy Rebels visit the Odessa Permian Panthers. And look, this is the 65th meeting between these two teams. They do not like each other. This is an arch rivalry. It's classic Texas high school football. Friday night lights, right? This Permian team, I think, has very quietly gone about their business. 6-0. and oh, Justice Laura, their running back, has been great. Quarterback Rodney Hall Jr. Coach Jeff Ellison has got this team humming and there's something special out there in mojo land for legacy what are they doing early in games like the last two weeks it has been 
unbelievable to see what this team has been doing. So, for example, last week against Friendship, they were down 42-7 at halftime before kind of roaring back and making it a game, but ultimately falling short. The week before that, they were down 41-0 to Judson in the first quarter. After that, they pulled it within, I think they won 60 to, lost 60-50, to but like, they got to start faster. Once they get going, they've been really good, Marcus Davila, their quarterback, but they cannot start slow again, especially against this Permian team. So, I think this game is going to be, of course, interesting because of the rivalry aspect. Can Legacy start fast? That's the real question. But for now, especially at home, I lean towards Mojo. But those are far from the only big games in week eight of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. I like Breckenridge to stay perfect with a win over Vernon. Give me Corpus Christi Flower Bluff over Mercedes. And I like Albany over Cross Plains. I like Center to get past Van. Eagle Pass stays perfect with a win over Laredo United. And Allen beats McKinney, but this is major upset watch. Biggest game in the Sun City this week. I like El Paso Franklin over El Paso Eastlake. Give me Hemphill to take down New Waverly. And in a battle of unbeatens in DFW, I like Argyle over surprising Frisco Emerson. I think Lano stays perfect with a win over Marion. Give me Lumberton to take down Vider, and I told you it was a big week in Austin. I like Vandegrift over Round Rock. I'm going with Lyford over San Diego. Price Carlisle stays perfect with a win over Cushing, and Belleville surges past Sealy. The dream season continues for San Antonio Davenport. I think they beat Fisher Canyon Lake. Staying in San Antonio, I like Reagan over Johnson. And how about this District 13-2A Division 2? I like Bremont to bounce back against Granger. I'm going with Stratford over Panhandle. Tidehaven beats Wallace Brazos, and remember Carthage? Yeah, they're 7-0. They're 8-0 after they beat Rusk. I like Winsboro over Pottsboro. Brock continues its rebound with a win over Whitesboro. And give me Corpus Christi Cal Allen over Alice. Huge game in Central Texas. I like China Spring to beat Waco La Vega. Give me Cisco to beat unbeaten Stanford. And College Station gets by Leander Glenn. Battle of unbeatens in the DFW Metroplex. I like Duncanville over Mansfield. Give me Early to get by Brady. And I like Edna over Vanderbilt Industrial. I like Forsan over Anthony. Gunner takes down Surprising Howe. And I like Klein Collins over Klein Forest. I think Lancaster keeps rolling with a win over Forney. Give me Liberty Hill over Lockhart. And I like Little Cypress Mauriceville over Livingston. Give me Lubbock Cooper over Abilene. Magnolia West outguns Fullshear. And I like Mason over Johnson City. I like West Rusk over Grand Saline. Give me Pflugerville Weiss over Bryan. And Port Natchez Groves beats Dayton. I like PSJ North over McAllen Row in the Rio Grande Valley. I like Richmond Foster over Manville in the Houston area. And I like Alamo Heights over Harlandale in San Antonio. Somerset edges Fredericksburg. I like Temple over Hutto and way out east, I like Texas High over Marshall. Out east, I like Tyler Chapel Hill in a squeaker over Lindale. And in the panhandle, I like Vega over Groover and Wellington over Memphis. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week eight of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. Craven Betts here with Mike Craven, our resident financial advisor here. Uh, the weekly segment where we tell you uh, what to do with your money, but this is not financial advice. I'm required by our lawyer to tell you that uh, here in Craven's Corner because on this corner, we make money. And so last week was a down week for you. Yep. And you went two and two. Went two and two. 
Two and two. Play, paid the vig. Buddy, <laughs> if our bad weeks are 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 just are just minus the vig, yeah. we're doing okay. Yeah, it's been a good year. It's been yeah. a good year so far. We're gonna see if we. It's, can... it's nice to just only concentrate on twelve schools, right? You know, like it makes it. I, I feel like an insider, actually. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> you like the the title that you're yeah. given actually fits. <laughs> right. right. Last year it didn't, you yeah. know, because I right. joined from the soccer beat and I just didn't have the off season to do. I was playing catch up. This year it feels like I have a pretty good grasp yeah. on most teams. You Let's were see just if... the college football. Well, we've got some new uh, business cards for you now. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's see if we can keep this uh, train moving. Uh, what do we got first, Pickle? Let's go to the American SMU taking on the water troops, and you are taking the over at 58. You are asking... Here's, here's my headline here. You're taking an over in a service academy game. I am. SMU's defense is not very good, but the reason I'm taking the over is because this is going to be one of those statement games from the SMU offense. They're on a three-game losing streak. People are starting to jump off the bandwagon. There's been a lot of noise on if Tanner Mordecai is playing well, if Preston Stone's going to play, what they're going to do offensively. I think this is one of those times that SMU plays the hurry-up offense. They do tempo. They score 40, 45 points. And that defense is going to give up 14 to 21. So I, I think the over hits on this one. 42 21 a winner on yeah. that. So you're probably really in a lot of ways you're just asking Navy to put together three good drives, mm -hmm. which feels reasonable against this SMU defense. Um, and then you're asking SMU to do their part, which yeah. is a bad Navy defense. And I, I don't think they let off the gas. Yeah. If they were on a three-game winning streak and they're five and one, maybe they do. But on a three-game losing streak, needing to kind of right the ship, I think SMU puts it all out there. There may be some troop disrespect in this game. What's next, Pickle? Up next, we head to the Big 12. The Texas Longhorns taking on Iowa State. You like the under at 49 and a half. Both of these two teams are top 15 in stop rates. Mm. You know, we, we don't talk about the Texas defense that much because it's much more fun to talk about Quinn Ewers in the quarterback position, Bajon Robinson, Xavier Worthy, all that kind of stuff. But the defense is playing really well. Keandre Coburn's been one of the best interior defensive linemen in the, in the state. The linebackers are coming on. Iowa State's not a good football team, but the defense is good. They're a lot like Iowa. They're a lot like their neighbors. Yeah. You know, they're not going to play good offense. They're going to play good defense. It is ironic that that five-star culture is not winning out anymore when their five-star players are now in the NFL. But I think the under, I think the under hits this week. Uh, yeah, it's you know, and, and then really in a lot of ways, this is not necessarily saying that the Texas defense, Texas offense, is going to be worse. No. But what you're saying is that essentially you're going to you're you're going to have a little bit of a facing a better defense. I think Iowa State's defense is better than Oklahoma's. Yep. That's fair to say. Sh oh yeah. Shocking. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, they're they're but they're also facing an offense that. They're not going to be as wounded as Oklahoma was, but this is still a pretty poor Iowa State offense. Yeah, Texas scored 31 and this still not hit the over. You yeah. know, I don't have much faith that Iowa State scores more than 14, 17 points. And I, I don't think Texas is one of those teams that's going to score 50 on somebody if they're up by 25. They'll give it to Bajan. They'll give yeah. it to Roshan Johnson. They'll grind out the clock and move on to the next week. All right. What's next, Pickle? Up next, let's head to Conference USA. North Texas taking on La Tech. You're setting the um, the under at 70 and a half, which I know is uh, just super controversial. We, we literally, this is 100% true. I thought it was a typo when we I We had to verify <laughs> this. It's now moved down to 69, which is nicer, but that is... That feels way too high for two teams that are only like okay. 
Here's that La Tech's defense isn't very good, and North Texas' defense could be argued isn't all that good either. But when you look at North Texas' statistics, that defensive points per game they're giving up is skewed by the amount of offensive touchdowns North Texas has allowed the other team's defense. I think they've thrown three pick sixes. They've had a couple kick returns on them. They've had some special teams blunders that's turned into points. So if the North Texas offense doesn't create points for La Tech, I think this one easily hits under 70 and a half, and the line's starting to lower and lower and lower, and so it feels like the game Gamblers are on that one as well. Yeah, I, I, that was a shocking number at 70. I was like, I, I don't know. I literally checked like three yeah. times when I was making the graphic. Yeah. It feels like the lock of the week. I know we're trying to do more lock of the week, actually. We this, do. This, jump, jump. this yeah, feels yeah. more like lock of the week just because that number is insane. Yeah. What's next, Pickles? To the what I think we would all agree is the game of the week here in the Big 12, TCU versus Oklahoma State. You are taking the over at 68. Pointsy. Pointsy. I, these quarterbacks are great. They're really, really good. They're, both teams are averaging the exact amount of points per game. I find that to be statistically interesting. Mm. And so, they've both been parts of their respective programs for like 75 years right. now. Right. <laughs> they have some experience, you know, and Spencer Sanders stopped turning the ball over as much. Max Duggan's been excellent. I don't know if he's turned the ball over yet this year in, in his games. The running games have been great for both teams. They're kind of a lot similar to each other. We tend to think Oklahoma State is this defensive team. They're giving up points. Baylor had their best passing day uh, of the year so far against this Oklahoma State secondary. I imagine TCU, Quentin Johnson does the exact same thing. This one feels like a 38-35 last team to have the ball type game. You, I mean, look at last week against Texas Tech. That, I mean, we like Barry Morton a lot, but like that's a third string quarterback right. making his first career start, and he was on the road, on the road, and he was spinning it, yep. you know, against this Oklahoma State defense. So I think you're right. I think I think the over on 68 is is, is the play. And I'm not quite there on TCU's defense yet. Yeah. You know, I think they're good. I think they're better than they were last year because, like, who wouldn't be? But I don't know if they're, like, stop Spencer Sanders good yet. Well, and same thing, like, last week. They they were going up for a large stretch of that game. They were going up against a backup quarterback, and they kind of got ripped apart as well. Yep. So the over feels like the play here. Shout, out, shout out Jason Bean. There you go. I think, yeah, call. You just got beat. Uh, <laughs> and I think we got one more. We sure do. Back to Conference USA. It is the Battle of the Owls. You're taking Rice plus four um, against FAU. I'm here to tell you that Rice is decidedly not bad. They are not a bad football team. I think a, a thing to remember when looking at these gambling lines is they're not predictions. They're a way to get 50% of the money on both sides. And Rice is still considered a really bad football team, especially on the road. The Rice is good. And I watched FAU against North Texas last week, and they are not. Yes. And so I think Rice may win this one outright. I know going to a different time zone can be tough. Sometimes that doesn't travel. But coming off a of bye week, that defense has been, I think they've averaged 18.33 points given up per game in their wins, 50 in their losses. Yeah. You know, so when they've been playing not USC and not Houston, Rice has been really good. FAU's not close to that level. Given the Owls plus four, I think I'd take the Rice at even money. Yeah, I was going to say, this is, uh, this might be my lock of the week. Might be the, jump, jump. the Tepper top of the lock of the week. we got to get a graphic for that. There it is, Craven Bets, uh, our financial advice segment here on this week here in Craven, Craven's Corner, because on this corner, we make money. Let's go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, coming up at 2 o'clock today, it is WTF Women Talking Football. We are headed out to the Hub City. Um, we're, we're going out west. So uh, wherever you're watching, come join Mallory and I, and we'll party. The Hub City is Lubbock. If you didn't know that, like I, I, I feel like I should tell people that. Nah, we just got experienced watchers on WTF. What are, who are we kidding here? I guess I don't know. I'll, I'll <laughs> want this to be for everybody. That's gonna do for us. Thanks Women for Women talking football featuring Greg Tepper. It's <laughs> gonna do for us. He just mansplained. Thanks for <laughs> 
Amazing. Let's go do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. So follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Mike Craven and Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for Helpful Honda Mailback Friday on Texas Football Today.